Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and of course, tales of parenting woe. Because let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parent in Hell with... Oh, I'm not ready. I <laughs> fucked it up. Fucking hell. Well, I said, are you ready? You went, yeah. I know, I didn't I started I didn't speaking. What, I what were you thinking for? about? Your breathing? Uh, no, I was thinking about um, childcare tomorrow. Mate. On brand. In the moment. you got to just be in the moment. I know, I know. April, can you say Rob Beckett? Rob Beckett. Say Josh Widdicombe. Well done. There you go. She sounds like a young mother with a... <laughs> nice. Where's she from? She's from Widness. Widness. Wit- witness the Widness. Up north. Up north. This is my two-year-old April doing with an introduction by a nine-year-old Hazel. I've been trying to get April to do this since she started to talk and she's finally cooperated. Hazel was excited to get involved. Thanks for giving us such a hilarious insight into your parenting. It was especially stark when I was heavily pregnant in April, first few months after Josh's son was born. It was a terrifying reminder of what was soon to come. Lots of love, Claire, Hazel and April from Witness. It's near Liverpool in brackets. We fucking know that, mate. Oh, yeah. You'll probably, you'll probably be there on tour in a couple of years, Josh. Sport. That's how I know most of the places. Witness, well, what, what happens in... Witness have got a rugby, rugby league, league team. They've got a rugby league team. Um, Josh, I did a, um, I did a non, um, uh, non boozing day date with a friend. Oh yeah, what did you do? So we went to the gym. Lloyd, you know Lloyd Griffith. Yeah, he's in. He's doing. Of he's also. Do, yeah. He's lost loads of weight. He's doing. Looks like a stone and a half, and oh, he's going to the it? gym. He's getting ripped. Is he? Um, if I know, all my mates are getting ripped around me. I'm just. Oh no. No, I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, you look. You look good. Oh, look at the fucking. No. You've got a nice chiselled jaw, Rob. Um, trying to be healthy. Um, like David Lloyd, uh, went to the gym and a little spa afterwards, a little steam, bunch pool, and then we went and had some food. He had a voucher for a. Hawksmoor steak for his birthday. Oh. We used a voucher and then I topped up whatever whatever extra it was. And uh, didn't have any alcohol. Had a Virgin Mary. What's a Virgin Mary? Like a um, Bloody Mary, but with no... Yeah. Oh, Which is very, very nice. nice. Very and then nice. Um, we, so we went at one, then we went to eight at about five, and then I was back home by seven. And I had a great day, Josh. And I've I realised I've got to do that a bit more to stop me getting stressed. Yeah. Because, like, just hanging out with mates, but that doesn't involve having 10 pints because then it, it's worse and then your week's fucked. And it yeah. was like, because I don't want to be, because what are it? Because dads have no mates. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially my dad yeah. growing up, like, I swear he had just no mates. And then he had some, like, taxi driver mates. Like, yeah, he yeah, saw yeah. now and again. But he never would just, like, my mum and mums normally have, like, a group of friends. But what happens is... Dads either just when they they're forced to go out to go on double dates with their wife's friends and their husbands, yeah, or they just sit in and have no mates. But I don't want to just have no mates, Josh. No, but why do dads what? have no that, mates? That's really brought something home to me. Bizarrely, at breakfast, my daughter asked me who my best friend was. <laughs> okay, yeah, and it did it. it slim Pickens. <laughs> I 
I mean, it's hard just to think of some friends. Never mind yeah, best ones. Own best one, mate. <laughs> I like some work colleagues. I like you. I like you. Eighty percent of the time. Yeah, I wouldn't say you're my best friend. No, I haven't got a best friend. I don't think. No, have you? Have I got a best friend? Is your best friend? Uh, probably no, not because I've got loads of mates that I'm sort of like friends with. But a best friend implies as a person I go to. I go to different people for different things. Who do you go to friend wise? I'd say Lou's probably my best friend. No, well, this is what I'm about Without to sounding ask. Sounding like an absolute. This is what I'm about to ask you. Yeah. Lou has an affair. Yeah. And you're understandably miffed. Yeah. Who do you call to talk? Who would I who would I ring if she left me? It's a weird one, isn't it? She's done uh, I probably it's a weird phone call, isn't it? Because <laughs> I want you hoping to achieve from it. Like you just want to speak to someone. You need you don't want to just sit in your sad little flat on your own. <laughs> I'd probably tell the first person that I saw that was in my sort of schedule of that day. Okay. So I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd ring anyone. So you just come on, say we're recording this, you just come online and tell us. Yeah, I probably no, would. No, pri- you wouldn't prime us. No, I went to pay, like, I probably would tell you. I don't know if I'd do it as a podcast episode without squaring it off with Lou. I don't want to announce the divorce on the pod like uh, half an hour after she's like <laughs> left. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I probably you imagine would. the door swings shut and you're like, I've only got five minutes to the pod. I better. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably go, right, just quick heads up, lads. Lou's left me. I will talk about the podcast at some point, but not now. I've got some gear on soft play, but Josh, if you could carry it a bit, I'll chip in on your stories. And we'll go, great. And then I go, hello, welcome to Parenting Hell with... And then I log off. Next thing. Next time there's one that matches that description, people are going to worry. Yeah, if, if you ever hear one person dominating and the other person just sort of chipping in and the other person then goes, right, should I do some correspondence and do loads of it? You know something big's happened. <laughs> <laughs> because we want to, you know, you want to, I, I like doing this because I love the honesty of it and you've got to share, but you can't share too much, especially if divorce lawyers are involved because all of a sudden it's shifted. It could be used against yeah. me, Josh. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Imagine if you you slip up. What I'll do is, if Lou did leave me, I go, yeah, sure, you can have half. That's how it works. However, you've got to do half the pod. See you later, and then I'll just log off at twenty five minutes in. Great fun for me. And then Lou zooms in. (laughs) Child being moved between two divorced parents. The first ever broken home podcast. Sorry, blended podcast. Oh, I tell you what, did family podcast. Because um, I'm from a blended family. Because what would happen then, Rob, is that you'd, you'd come to um, yeah. you'd come to the uh, uh, what does it be called? Like the hearing about divorce. Is it a hearing? Well, you know, we talk they, a lot about divorce. Don't they, they bash it out? They bash it out. Yeah, like the divorce, whatever it's called. And they go, Mr. Beckett. It says here, yeah, that uh, you were heartbroken. When Lou told you yes. she left you. I couldn't function, couldn't cope. Yeah. Yes, you're correct. I'm, I'm yeah, now going to play you a clip of the podcast you recorded 20 minutes after she left the house. Okay, off you go. Yeah, no this worries. is you laughing at a story. And I'll just, be like, just press, tap on the 30 second thing. We'll get to it. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, judging by this, you seem really excited about Screwfix's new offers. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just say I play a character of Rob Beckett, the dad. Um, Anyway, but luckily Lou hasn't left me. um, And yeah, who would I call best friend? Who did you say your best friend was? Did you give an answer? Uh, I said Crane because she knows who he is because he she's friends oh, with his horrible. son. Crane's, you know what you've no, just, he's I, definitely you've, out there. He's, he's just there. puffed up his feathers. Of I've t- I've said him and then you've put a little caveat next. Poor old caveat Crane. Yeah. Uh, but right, should we introduce our guest? Do you want Rob? Go on. Anyway, we could be a bit meta here. We could do something quite a uh, rip up the rule book. We've about to interview Miles Jupp. Yeah. In reality, we've just interviewed him and I've just got a text from him. Yeah. About the interview. Right, yes. Yeah, so basically, we've just interviewed him. Now, we, we didn't have time to do the intro to him. I've before. just seen his name appear on my phone. Yeah, what's he said? So shall we intro him by seeing what he thought about the in- in- email, about the interview, sorry? Yes, I thought it was really good, really good fun. I thought it was great. Good, great laughs, but also some really good stuff and interesting stuff about him having a brain seizure and then his tumour yeah. removed and the stand-up tour he's written about it and the impact on the kids and how oh. much you tell your kids about being unwell, so you want them involved yeah. but not scared. I thought it was brilliant. What's he thought? Thanks for that. Good fun. Lovely. That's all we want, isn't it? That's all we want. That's all we want. <laughs> He sent that through AI. That's done like when you're driving. <laughs> you know when you can send a message with your voice? Oh. Oh. Well, fuck him. <laughs> Thanks for that. Good fun. He's, I tell you what, who's not my best friend? Marjorie up at the moment. <laughs> luckily, he's very funny. Enjoy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show for the second time, but the first time you've heard it, the mighty... Miles Jupp, film star, comedian, actor, writer. You do everything, Miles, and you do it all to a top level. And now you are a podcast guest that people will hear. Should we get that out of the way? Should we get the awkwardness out of the way first, Miles? That I'm now on a podcast. Well, originally you did this podcast, did you? Oh, you were the first ever guest. What I? Yes, uh, I was the, the non-broadcast pilot. Yes, well, be- uh, not because- intentionally. Yeah, we, we, you were our first name on the team sheet, and then the sound quality was so shit, it was unsalvageable. <laughs> and we blamed your Wi-Fi, and you got a bit defensive about your Wi-Fi in Wales, I remember. I remember, well, I, I had to, I don't know what you did it on then, I remember having to download Chrome specifically to do it. Yeah. And then there was a long period where I could hear you just sort of moaning about my technical inefficiencies. <laughs> and then eventually you went, I said something, and you went, all oh, right, you can hear us now. I was like, I've been listening to you for like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> About no. his, he lives in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's probably the fucking shit Wi-Fi. He's like, well, actually, it's broadband, and it's quite a good broadband. It is, yeah. No, I mean, it, it's a town. I'm in a town, so it ought to be all right. I yeah. Think. I've, so, moved, I've moved in with my in-laws. I think we're borrowing Wi-Fi from... Well, anyway, let's not go into the legal details. <laughs> but anyway, you seem to be able to hear me. Yes, so <laughs> let's um, set, set up. Let's set the show up. How many kids you got, Miles? Uh, five kids. Five kids. Um, ages. Why do you why do you think you were the first name on the team sheet, Miles? <laughs> I've literally no idea. It wasn't alphabetical. Yes, I. There is a lot, isn't it? But my wife, she's one of eight. She's um, oh oh. So like so we're we're living with our in-laws at the moment, and they, you know, my mother-in-law, she's unfazed by the numbers yeah, in a way that I'm sort of still phased by them. <laughs> but she's so much more. And that, you know, should have done that bit of parenting when you've got like a nine-year-old and then, you you know, you've got your two, someone at primary school and someone's going off to university or whatever. I can't that. Yeah. So, so what are so the ages, Mars? My eldest is 14, youngest is eight. Oh, so they're quite tightly compacted. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've twins in there, so that's... Yes. That's sort of cheat mode, isn't it? Um, and when and did then, the twins come? Numbers three and four. And uh, then you went again after twins. 
Fair yes. Play to. Fair when you play say to. we went again, you make it sound like it's <laughs> some sort of, uh, you know, like there's a sort of plan. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't think. I can't think of there being any more evidence of a lack of planning than the sheer, sheer numbers we're dealing with. Because I, I still remember one of your jokes that apps, I, I heard it when I was a parent, and like I think sometimes jokes about having kids are funny when before kids, but when you have them, they hit harder. That joke you had about going to the doctors and then the waiting room in the doctors. Yeah, I still. Oh, remember. a bit I of me, think... just a bit of me time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just. Get oh, yeah, to how, how lucky it is to be ill. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. Leading, reading a leaflet about whatever it would have been. Yeah, it was like you just love being ill because when you go to the doctors, when they go, can you take a seat? That's a bit of me time. <laughs> yeah, <and they> <laughs> I think I've butchered <laughs> the bit, but I just I lost it at that. I can't, I, remember. I can't remember it, but yeah, the exact details. Yeah, there was a bit about, and I think that was a thing that was based on truth, which is about getting down to a tube platform and missing the tra- the tube, and normally, of course, you'd be sort of frustrated, but actually you're kind of just feeling a sort of moment of freedom. So I actually think, oh, great, there's not one for six minutes. <laughs> and there's a bench, you know, <laughs> putting, putting my head against the tiles, just putting my forehead against the tiles of wherever it was and just having a sort of calm experience, yeah. Had you always, had you always seen yourself as a, a father? It's... As a father figure? Well, we're just like to have... Were you always like, I want to have a big family? I, well, I thought we'd have a family. I didn't. As I said, I didn't put as much thought into it as you imagined, though. Um, it, it just just kept happening. Um, you know, no television. We enjoy red wine, and uh, on and on it went. Really. <laughs> and um, then, what's your car set up there now? What kind of car? You meant minibus? Two um, cars. Uh, yeah, we got. We bought a a car from some friends. It's a seven. I don't know that. Difficult with a seven-seater because you there's quite there's not many that the back seats aren't just dreadful in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there yeah. was something we had. We bought <laughs> car car broke me and I oh no I had to sell. I had quite a nice Caravelle, but I had to sell it to pay a tax bill. And then we <laughs> went got um bought like a Mitsubishi Outlander, which when we lived in Peckham would be like an absolute drug dealer's car. Yeah. And then <laughs> when you no offence Mitsubishi, but then when you know and you're in the countryside, there's sort of a bit of mud on it. You're like, oh no, I see, it's that. Anyway, the, the, people would moan about the back seat, which was a sort of fold down bench essentially. Yeah. And I was like, oh come on. So I, we were going somewhere. I said, I'll sit in the back. <laughs> uh, by the time we got where we were going, it's only 25 minutes away. I could barely function. I mean, just nothing. <laughs> My knees were totally, totally locked. It's sort of like flying economy, but. Uh, it was, uh, which is all I fly, and it was exactly that experience and exactly that sort of stressful. I, I and I just thought, oh, I see, no, there is a problem here. But we don't, I think we don't tend to drive very often. Tend I suppose use... with holidays as well, like you're spending so much money on flights and accommodation that you probably we've could go business if it was only... just the two of you. <laughs> yeah, we've only flown once with, with, uh, to Italy. We went to, I think, but otherwise we get the. This summer we went down. Got trains, you know, uh, yeah. down to down to southern Italy, and then got a ferry to to Corfu because it's it's you know you've got your I think Euro interrailing you get a free pass if you're under twelve or something like that. Oh really? It's just a nicer way to see things. The faff of getting to an airport or whatever. Well, I remember going to we went to Italy and we were like I think the basically the children arrived in Italy in Rome 
is it called Fiumicino, something like that? They arrived yeah. there still, still in their pajamas. You know, <laughs> so we had to get up at like we had to get up at two o'clock in the morning to drive to Bristol. And it was all, it's all sorted. We'd like pack the car the night before and stuff, and say right, everyone go to bed, and then we'll get you up when it was time. And we went and woke everyone up, put them in the car, uh, and then I just went to check the house one last time to check that everything was done. I was going down the stairs, and my eldest son was just walking back up the stairs past his pajamas. I said, "Where are you going?" And he goes, "I'm going to bed. It's the middle of the night." <laughs> I said, no, we're going on holiday. That's why he was like, I was in the car there. I was going, yeah, we're we'll you in the car. We're going, we're going on holiday. Oh, I said, oh, right on it goes. <laughs> so actually, it's it's a bit more leisurely to travel. You know, just sit down and stare out of the window. Yeah, so you, uh, you'll you'll jump on the train together then. For- yeah, even well, anyway. Yeah, it's just a bit. I find it just less stressful. I'm not a big fan of. Well, I couldn't after my. After my brain seizure, I couldn't drive for a year anyway. So you're like, oh. I can't. Yeah, so obviously that took that out of the equation. But I've always found doing trains more relaxing than uh, than driving. Anyway, going down to Tembe, you know, anywhere like that, you think, oh, just there's no, there's no issue. Get there. Um, so when was your, when was your brain seizure? Because I've not. We I last saw you. Uh, you were hilarious. Uh, was one at a Sean Locke's memorial event. Oh right, thank you. You had to do yeah. a, a speech about Sean, which is. Must have been very stressful because it's obviously very sad, and also every comedian in the country is in the room, sort yeah, of judging. Yeah, it's quite, your, a, your quite a pressure crowd, isn't it? It's also like how, where you, th- you think you shouldn't feel nervous before a funeral. That seems really egotistical <laughs> behaviour. <laughs> well, of course, I'm worried about how my bit's going to go. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's so it, you are you feel nervous, and you think yeah, it'd be really mortifying to admit that you feel nervous in this environment. Yeah. <laughs> Sort of selfish behaviour that is. Um, yeah, but it was quite, it was quite a nerve wracking event, wasn't it? But it was very, it was very good. I mean, it was lots of. Well, that, that, that's the, fir- the first time I saw you. I've seen you in a little while. Um, uh, then you popped up in Napoleon, which was nice oh, to see. Yeah. It was great in that. Um, Thank you. But you've had quite a bit. So you had the brain. When did you have your brain seizure? You had a tu- you have a tumour because right. this is what your t- new tour's yeah, about, yeah. isn't it? So it tells the story of this kind of uh, exciting adventure. I had a seizure in. Um, August 2021 and mm-hmm. then that then the, when I had that they discovered and it was sort of lucky I did I was talking to a, I did a show in Bristol last night I was talking to a man and he'd had the same sort of tumour and had it operated on and he just sort of eventually his wife was going there's something you know spent sort of two years telling him to go to the doctor uh, and eventually he sort of did as he was being asked and he was you know lucky that he did whereas I it's, it's having a seizure it's, it's sort of obviously at the time it's pretty stressful for the people watching it uh, they, but they, they at least they, they give you a scan and you find out you've got the thing. What does the seizure involve? Well, I, I mean, I, 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 I can't sort of picture it really, other than <laughs> I felt very. I was in a people carrier. I was filming something, which was super lucky because it meant that I was, I was in, um, in a city and there was you know people, yeah. set, set medics there, yeah. people that knew you know there's always a certain number of people have to do first aid. But I just knew something was really, really wrong. I was in a in the people care again, back to the unit base, and I had like a light flashing, and I just, I mean, I knew it to the extent that I, I just said to there was a runner, Phil, and he went, he went, you look, you look really dizzy. As he obviously just <laughs> making slightly more fuss of getting out of a car than perhaps I normally would, and he was going, you look sort of dizzy, and and I just said to him, I need a doctor, and just I just knew it, and eventually there was a kind of like. Like a sort of explosion in the in the in your vision, really, Whoa. just everything like a kaleidoscope. And then I just can remember the ground coming towards me very fast, and then and then the, you and then you're sort of in and out of consciousness for a while. So you wake up and there's people trying to hold you in the recovery position, or you wake up and you're in like oh, this is an ambulance now or, or whatever. So and do you some... have time to be scared in that situation? 
you do, but you're also there's a sort of you're you're sort of one remove from it uh, in in a way because it's there's this sort of consciousness aspect of it where you're you're drifting in and out and people people ask you questions to to check how you are and you realise oh I don't actually know the answer to that question or 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 whatever it is and then as it sort of settles then you get you definitely have time to be scared you know if you go and have mm. a scan and they're like this is to find out if this is fuck me benign or malignant or whatever that yeah that that is scary that is absolutely as scary as you imagine but at the same time there's a sort of freeing aspect to it which is that you're you know you're you're not meant to be in control and other people are in charge and they know what they're doing and you think right they're experts so i will listen this seems like a ludicrous position for me to venture any sort of opinions <laughs> about what, what the care pathway should be going forward. I reckon we ta- I reckon we take it out, guys. I'm going to say I think we go. I'm going to take- say, look, I do quite a lot of collaborative work, you know, and I think we're just let's just let's let's open this up to the whole room, shall we? We can all get involved. <laughs> so you say, there was no, honestly, no bad idea. No, it was you're like they said, this is what we're going to do, and you say, well, that sounds yeah, that sounds very sensible. Uh, do you know? Crack, <laughs> yeah. Crack on, please, gentlemen. Yeah. As it, how is it as a? Because presumably there's a long recovery, right? And so, how is that family-wise? I was in the hospital originally for about three days, and then just sort of getting stabilised, and then they find out what it is, and then we sort of trying to get on. I knew I would have an operation at some point, but because I was mm. pumped full of steroids, there wasn't and that and given sort of anti-seizure meds, there wasn't a risk of it happening yeah. again imminently. So we sort of got on with stuff. We went up to North Wales and had a holiday sort of a couple wow. of days after I came out. After my operation, though, which was not many weeks later, I was like, well, I suppose you just do what you feel up to, really. So about three, yeah. I think I had my operation on the Tuesday or Wednesday. On the Sunday, we went to the circus. <laughs> um, and I... Because <laughs> We, had, we just already had the tickets booked, and um, and then one of my wife's cousins, who's a GP, said, "Well, I'll, I'll come with you, um, <laughs> just in case, nice. yeah. just in case, just in case." And yeah. um, real I vote said, of confidence in the decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, also we needed an extra driver. Um, oh yeah. And we we won't go lower than a GP for a driver. Um, and, so we went, we went to the... It's like signing a passport, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know the NHS is fucked when GPs are Ubering as well. <laughs> Actually, no, but that brain surgery app is terrific. He was around in about four minutes. <laughs> it was very good. Um, I, uh, yeah, so we watched the show at the circus and I was driving back and I said to her, that was good, it was good to sort of pressure test it in a way, wasn't it? And she was going, yeah, because of course all that lighting could easily have given you a seizure. And I was going, could it? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really, I should have been paying more attention. But I, so I went, but then after the operation, it was six weeks before I started working again. I did Frankie Wilde's oh, wow. New oh, World wow. Order. I would be yeah. like wiped out. I'd go and do the show and then I would sort of sleep for two days and then, uh, but that was nice because it meant I could do one day a week for six weeks and sort of build up. Yeah. Did you? Did it bit. mean that you couldn't parent in the same way? Why did it affect the dynamic within the house? Well, you, you. One of the things a surgeon said is it's you. You want. You you get back to normal by living normal life as quickly as possible. So actually, things like you know, people calling your name or need you know, needing you. That's that's good because you're putting yeah. yourself yeah, in yeah. that thing. And I, you know. Being able to walk the children to school immediately after home, coming home from surgery and stuff, that was really good. It meant that we had yeah. a new 
you sort of appreciate it a little bit more as an experience when you've had that. Good for them as well to see like, oh, dad's taking us to school rather than like you propped up yeah. in a bed. Don't, you know. don't go in there. Don't go in there. Don't talk to yeah. him. He's saying really weird stuff. But that's how it would have been dealt with years ago, wouldn't it? That kind of thing where now I yeah, think it's yeah. a bit more proactive, isn't it? Yeah, I'd have been sent to live in a convent uh, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that sort of thing. But also you're like, don't until you know really how you are, you're like, you know, we're not sort of telling people this. So you're just yeah. living your life normally. And I've got a, you know, there's a lot of situations socially where I was wearing a hat where I wouldn't normally uh, yeah. because I had a big, a big bandage on. I was trying. What hat to... do you wear, Miles? What what's your hat of choice? Well, yeah, what's your what's your brain seizure um, tumor yeah, removal you, you, you recovery cap? One or did you wear one? No, I had to sort of rummage around. In fact, a friend of my friend of mine that came to pick me up, I uh, I was like, he said, oh, I'm, I said, can you find me a hat? We stop at a service station. You know, we're going to sort of Membry or Lee Delamere. I don't really wandering around with a big bandage on the back of my. <laughs> back of my head so you had a sort of like a black baseball cap like um, you know sort of special forces undercover but yeah. within a tv yeah, drama yeah. a bit like yeah. michelle keegan inform me once yeah that, that is end. my look that is my look um uh well a big like big mad old sort of like the sort of hat a retired person would wear to a county cricket match <laughs> yeah. is really is really useful because it just covers a lot of, or a you know, a beanie, yeah. something like that. But in yeah. sun, it's all right. You've got to, it's got to be sort of match the weather, hasn't it? I went to. Um, <laughs> there was a play. I was going to be in a comedy of errors at Stratford on Avon with um, Justin Edwards, and then the dates and everything got moved around because of COVID, and I didn't do it. But after about ten days after my operation, I went to watch it, and it was in an outdoor theatre, mercifully, because that meant that I could be justified in wearing a big floppy hat during yeah. the thing. Whereas <laughs> I don't want to be one of those people who turns up to the theatre in a beanie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but also it's easier to t- the other thing is it's so much easier to tell people face to face when they can be like oh well, he's normal again you know yeah. rather than like if you send a text message saying I, I, I promise you I'm fine but this has happened they're like oh gosh he's been a bit he's putting a bit of a brave face on it yeah it's just Whereas FaceTime you've been out and seen someone you know you've yeah. <laughs> oh dear I can have seen Jup Jup's been on the phone again <laughs> now, now he thinks he can be a hipster does he this is unbelievable he's got, he's got late onset hipsters uh, <laughs> The, uh, which is a very real illness in our industry. Maybe from the production side of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the producer's here. Oh, he's just parking his bike. All right. Yeah, he's 56. Of course he is. Yeah, he's just folding his bike up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've had to move to a new studio that's got a shower. Yeah, yeah. So he comes he's... in in an absolute state. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's on with the converse, the rolled up jeans and the bright yellow socks. Yeah, that's, it. that's the guy. Yeah, that's right. He's yeah, here yeah. to produce. He's ready for some TV. He start, now he's going bald. He started paying for proper haircuts. Um, it's that kind of uh, that kind of um, <laughs> it's that sort of vibe. Um, but all of that, you just don't want to fuss for the for the for the kids, yeah. Because the my eldest two came to the show last night, and they came into the dressing room, and my eldest was going. There's loads of that I didn't know. There's lots of that. I've oh, only, wow. Yeah, and I was thinking. Gosh, that's a bit of a. I should, I should have been more, <laughs> that's a, a bit more detail. But I kind yeah. of, you, you know, there was things I think before the show. I was like, going, I must warn them. Was that the stuff about it being a surprise that you had five and things like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's about all the lawsuits. Um, it was, okay. uh, no, it, but it was going well. I was running in my head, going, "What? He's going to panic?" And I was like, "Oh, there's a bit in the show where I sort of talk about planning my funeral," and they were going, "Really?" And I was going, "Yeah, mm-hmm. because I, yeah, because." I was just trying to be organised and look after you guys. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I did it. I didn't do it because I thought I would die. I did it yeah. in case I would. And yeah. like, okay, so that kind of thing, you've kind of got to prep them. And yeah. also, because two years has passed, they're kind of more... Um, 
you know they can they can sort of see it in some sort of perspective or whatever whereas actually you know on the day the day it happened my my daughter was staying with my parents but my wife was on a on a bus and the line producer who'd sort of witnessed my seizure and came in you know had to ring my wife and say oh uh, your husband loves you very much but he's, he's in an ambulance on his way to hospital or whatever and she was with the, the children so she just said look dad's not very well he's probably fine we're going shopping so that's what we're going to do and just sort of you know she's very calm and kind of got you know carried on with it but there's a certain amount of you know who you tell when or, or yeah it's, it's a hard well I always sing that when I fill in the um, next of kin thing mm. you know when you go to, even if you're not dying or anything you go to a hospital you fill in next of kin you're essentially choosing who's going to find out mm. yeah who's yes gonna, that's right yeah, who's yeah. going to take the news of this best because I'd always put before I was married I'd always put my dad rather than my mum because I felt like he'd take yeah, yeah. He, he loves me less. He's, My dad wouldn't answer the phone. He's the, one, he's the one who recognises his own ringtone. Yeah. Is that yours? Is that yours? I think that's yours. I think that's yours. Well, we used to... I tell you, there was a nursery we took our children to. We lived in South East London. I'd said to him, can we put you as one of the people to contact just because, you, you know, your house is quite near the nursery. And then... But he's a, he's a lawyer and he... he I was I can't remember where I was working someday and he rang and he said, uh, hi, I'm actually in Boston. Uh... In America, but uh, the, the nurseries just rang me. They, they say that your um, <laughs> your son's had an accident. And I said, like, "Oh right, okay." Uh, God, I want any, um, they said they couldn't get through to you, um, so I I spoke to my wife or whatever, and we got finally I got through to them, and they were like, uh, "Yeah, it, it just had a bit of an accident," and, it, and I was like, "Well, how serious is it?" And they went, "We well, just needs changing." And I was going, "What?" <laughs> Now, what you think if you they rang up and said he's had an accident, you'd hear the tone of their voice or whatever. You'd be like, yeah. "Oh, I see. Okay, sorry, we must bring in some spare clothes or whatever." Because they phoned the other side, something happened to the other side of the Atlantic. Well, that message has crossed the sea twice. <laughs> the very same words, "He's had an accident," of course, have a different meaning, and they're given more importance and gravitas because of the huge distance that they travelled. So that the Boston whispers. Why is the that's not what the next of kin thought? It's not. It's not, yeah. it's not a, Transatlantic calls every time someone has a shit. You know Cost I mean? him eight quid even to now pick I doubt up the, the bandwidth, you know, to deal with that kind of that level. Well, it's some part of the 24 hour news cycle. You know, you just have to beat people as informed as you can, as often as you can. On the subject of bandwidth, um, do you think, because you think your Wi Fi was working, do you think the first sign of the tumour was that you were in. That I sounded oh, like I was cutting in and out. You sounded like you were cutting out a year before. Yeah, uh, almost certainly. I don't. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, it, was, it was probably my Wi-Fi. I mean, to be honest, I was just being needlessly defensive. But yeah, it's a, it was early lockdown, wasn't it? So we were probably all trying to pretend... Yeah, that, that was probably March or... Uh, probably April of 2020. I remember being before. relentlessly upbeat on it and saying, this will change everything and everything for the better. This is like a reset. We will really think about our priorities. Mm. And then about three months later, texting you, Josh, going, fucking hell, if you'd done the podcast this week, I would have done nothing but moan at you. Whatever. It's totally different. I don't... So, symptoms-wise, I didn't have many, really, but I intended just before. Then I went and did, you know, ADR, and you revoice yeah clips yeah. or something. After my surgery, I went and revoiced the scene that had been shot probably an hour before my seizure. Oh, wow. Which was really surreal. Um, and I... In it, I was blinking a lot, like a lot, and I thought, gosh, I wonder if that is a symptom. Yeah. But also, yeah. I'd, I'd written my lines on a card in the desk in front of me, so I thought, maybe that's just me reading out loud. Because <laughs> um, I was playing a radio host, so I couldn't tell if that was a thing. But I remember ringing, 
<laughs> I rang some of my just a few friends I rang like my sort of best mates from university and so I rang one of them and said can you phone the others and say this has happened and he goes so what is it and I said I've basically I've got I've had um I've had a brain seizure and this is caused by a tumour that I must have had it's benign but I've had it for a long time uh, probably just growing very slowly and he went what well, you could have had it for ages I said I could have had it for ages yeah <laughs> and he went do you think that's why you've always been a bit of a twat <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad he feels able to joke in this yeah. situation. <laughs> because the other thing is you get people just being terribly sort of nervy and edgy and, are you, are you, are you all right? Can we yeah. do, are we allowed to ask if you're all right? And you're like, yeah, that's why you, that's yeah. why you sort of keep it on the, on the download. And, and how did your kids react? They were sort of great about it. And I, I think the reason is partly because my wife is so just naturally sort of very calm and we... But also we, the fact that I was around a lot and they could see sort of how, mm. uh, you know, how I was. So, you know, after the first time I was home sort of th- three uh, three days after the seizure. And then we, as I say, we all went away together. And then when I had the, even when I had the operation, I was only in for sort of two or three days. And was sort of looking at, when I was writing the show, I, sort of, I went back through the text messages around the time. And I was like cracking on with normal, I did like a table read for something the day before my surgery. or Yeah. Bloody notes to my agent about doing self-tapes and stuff. And I was thinking, why was I... I suppose I was kidding myself that I'm absolutely I'm just going to go and have the operation really quick and I'm going to be fine and come bouncing out again but also the other thing is just being as normal as as possible mm, or, yeah. or whatever at home and that's so I guess you keep you know you just you tell them what they need to know and you and then and that's sort of partly the show comes from like what are the sort of what are the sort of fun or silly aspects of this rather than like the bits when you've sat your children down and go right what's just happened to me is the single most terrifying experience that's ever happened to me in my life or whatever because you don't how's who's that helping um, <laughs> and now I've got to have an operation I don't know how it's going to go so all the yeah, best yeah. get your they, own work I won't, I won't tell you the numbers but they've given me a piece of paper which have my exactly like the most likely mathematical chances of my surviving and I've had to sign it saying I understand anyway I won't tell you what the figures are I won't <laughs> oh god let's, let's oh, make god. Let's, let's make everything a game um, <laughs> oh dear um, but they were amazing. They were really amazing about it, and they were they were sort of they were sort of calm about it. We say, don't you know? We don't. Other people don't need to know about this. We can get on with our lives. Was you a bit scared of being left on your own, like in, especially in between the seizure and the operation, like being left alone or just being left with the kids in case it happened again? And you know, there was a, li- a little bit of sort of guardedness. I mean, I went on to anti-seizure meds as soon as I had the first one, so mm. they really they're pretty powerful things. So they they ought to be doing their job. But also once you the the steroids take down the sw- the swelling, so you're less. Yeah, that that immediate risk has been sort of averted. But I, they had a sort of yeah, like a sort of touchy period. I was like, oh, I don't really want to do. I would. I tell you what, I would do. I would like not lock the door before a shower and whatever. Right. Stuff like that. that Sexy. That I wouldn't. Little pervert. <laughs> yeah, but let's talk about your seizure, filthy bastard. Yeah, yeah. I turn on the special light. That we yeah. Um, I'd open the window I, and pop a knob out just so they know, just so they knew where I was. And say, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I've got a tumour. I can do this now. They said get a lot of fresh air. Um, uh, so He's just doing what he needs to do. Okay, stop judging. We all react differently. <laughs> No, that's the penis you can see, not the tumour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the tumour's massive. Uh, the, um... <laughs> but 
I, I would do things like not lock the doors and say, I'm just going up there, yeah. so I'm, I, I, I ought to only to be about 10 minutes, so if I'm longer, do, you know. Yeah. So you'd be a little bit, but again, you don't want to, like I'd say that to my oldest son or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so, and I, but I would be all right walking them to places and I'd build up, you know, how long I could walk for and stuff like that. I probably started doing couch to 5k again about I don't know three months later or, or whatever. Oh wow! Doing. And it's amazing that you're doing this. It's big. It's a big old tour you're doing. Shall I, I Steve? Shall I Steve write it? I'll go for it, mate. Yes, absolutely. Epsom, Maidenhead, Salford, Oxford. Don't, don't do the ones I've already done. Although, <laughs> they, were, although they were lovely, love, all lovely places, very well looked after. No. Stafford, Newbury, Milton Keynes, Nottingham, Chelmsford, St Albans, Shrewsbury, Tewkesbury, Cardiff, Newcastle upon Tyne. Buxton, oh, that's a good venue. Leeds, that's a good venue. Birmingham, Swindon, Exeter, Northcote, uh, Exeter, Henley, Brighton, West Cliff on Sea, that's South End. Lincoln, Hull, Bristol, Cambridge, Guildford, Northampton, Salford, Swansea, Cheltenham, Harrogate, Newcastle under Lyme, Canterbury, Winchester, Crewe, Scunthorpe, Ipswich, Weymouth, Aldershot, Norwich, Norwich, Portsmouth, Abergavenny, London, Milton Keynes, Hedge End, Cardiff, Mahuntleth, Sheffield. Glasgow, Edinburgh, Guildford, London, London, Lichfield. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a reason why you're finishing in Lichfield? I don't, well, I, I just the two nights in London feels good. That feels like a good well, time to end, doesn't it? I yeah, but I kind of, I just said why haven't that's a nice theatre? Why aren't we doing why aren't we doing that as well? There's yeah. only two of those you signalled out as liking, Josh. You must yeah. sound like an No, 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 tale. I liked a lot of them. I, I Geographically, I partic- a tale I'd of say, woe for you. <laughs> I particularly love Buxton Opera House. That's it's amazing. Beautiful, beautiful yeah, venue. My, my mic broke and I had to carry on without mic and they could still hear me. That's mm. how good the theatre And Leeds, Leeds City Varieties is oh, amazing. Yeah. That's beautiful. That is an yeah. astonishing venue. And Birmingham Town Hall yeah. is... Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's, that, a, that's, yeah. A, that's a room that you can stand in and talk. <laughs> Your sixth, yeah. seventh, eighth... Uh, your sixth, seventh, eighth of February, Miles. That's that's the absolute joy peak of your tour. But I also, with the great thing about, I've been doing like acting jobs for the last almost two years solid, which is very lucky. But there's a sort of lack of control, and where with this, mm. I can say, actually, what I want to do is about three or four a week, and I don't want to do weekends, and I don't want to do half terms, and I don't want to do holidays. So in a way, I don't know where I, I don't know, I don't mind where I am, and I will do from. You know, yeah. three hundred up, basically. You know, you'll do some thousands and you'll do some seven hundreds mm. or whatever. I, I, if I'm doing this three or four nights a week and it's not clashing with, you know, family time, then I'm then I'm sort of happy with it, really. So yeah. that's kind of why that's why the dates are the way they are. I mean, I could, I suppose, I could do more after May, but that's where we've gone to at, at the moment. And I noticed that the place you live, Monmouth, isn't there. Well, I just that I really love that theatre. The Monmouth Savoy is it's a fantastic theatre. I know you you've probably both done it on yeah, like mm-hmm. multiple tours. I feel it's just slightly too close to my doorstep. It's a nice commute though. I love doing Bromley. Bromley's my nearest nearest theatre from where I am. Churchill Bromley. Yeah, I love it. It's yeah, around the clock. It's hard gig though, especially because you're just gigging to people you sort of half know. And also, yeah. I think it's sort of like everyone sort of sat there going. Well, he's just like me. I could probably do this. They probably could. This is what I, if I did stand up, this is what I used to find that I used to go to Ivor Denbina's club in Hampstead and I would do, I would do, you know, go to all sorts of places and have nice gigs and I'd go there and they'd all look at me and go, well, of course, this is how you'd do stand up if you were like this. Yeah. It just seemed so sort of route one, what I was doing. They're like, yeah. It's just a sort of. That's what everyone talks like. Turned that's, up. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 you know, it's just a sort of slightly jokey version of completely normal, real concerns. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> exactly. it's so fucking useful. I think that's what it is in Bobby, then. It's like, yeah, this is what's happening in pubs and yeah. bars and at work around this here. Is, you're just talking, this is the water You just sound like my chat. mate. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> 
The, another reason that the Churchill Bromley Theatre is quite hard is that the heat. It's a build. It's chairs are built with a library, doesn't it? And the mm. heating in the dressing rooms is controlled in the library, yes. which closes at about five. Yes, and so it's just half seven at night. And you go, is there any way that this could be just a little either hotter? Or, I can't remember if it was very hot or very cold. I was there, but I was like, is there any way that we could change this? Because the dressing room is mainly like an air conditioning sort of tunnel around which. <laughs> yeah. sort of, and you go, and again, we can't. The library's closed. And you go, what? Well, it's just. It seems a little bit. It's quite. Quite raw in there. It's quite, you know, sort of. Surely they can give them keys to the library if this is happening every night. Well, perhaps you no think... one's perhaps no one's as sort of sensitive about the temperature as I am. Well, yeah, in perhaps. Middlesbrough Town Hall, I did it in like May, and there was a heat heat wave. Or it was like yeah. it was like March. It was about, it was about twenty five degrees, really hot early in the year, and it was really high outside. And the room, the heating was on in the room, and. It was like a furnace. You know, one of them stages, you walk out and as you literally say, hello, Middlesbrough, and then you can feel sweat dripping off your nose. You're like, oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is it? And I went, we've got to do something about the heating. Like, there's people out there, like, fanning them. So it's like, some yeah. people overheat. Went, yeah, the problem is that the, heat, the heating's controlled by the council at yeah. the council offices, and it's still on, it's still on the winter setting. Yeah, yeah. And they're, <laughs> like, oh, they're, they're, they're all working from home. No yeah. one's been in for months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is Fuck that kind of hell. doing it. In the, I remember doing a gig at the Union Chapel when it was just. It must have been during a heat wave and just the absolute. <laughs> it's kind of like sort of humidity that is basically the evaporated sweat of your audience <laughs> and the performers or whatever. It becomes really pleasant. I, was, I did this play last year and we went Cardiff for a week and it coincided with, from a crowd point of view, un, unfortunately, uh, quite a lot of big rugby internationals. But also, it was so wet and we would sort of get there just drenched and you'd change straight into your costume and because your other clothes needed to sit on, you know, in the hot box or whatever. And then you'd go out there, and of course the audience have walked through the same rain that you've walked through and not had the luxury of changing yeah. into period yeah. costume. And they, and there would just be this kind of... You could just feel the damp in the air, which was just <laughs> like, this is just... They are cold. They've got to sit through this, and they are cold, and they are wet, and they must all be going, why are we here? Why is this... Why is this... Why is this it's, putting on a tour as well has made me really appreciate the audience even more, because now I know how little I want to leave the house. Yeah. So if yeah. someone's decided yeah. to leave and pay and come and laugh, I'm like, you are special people. Thank you so much. The amount of people that must be there watching you on tour who've had a discussion about whether they could just not go that evening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you do one like on a bank holiday Monday and yeah. you think every the half the audience about two hours ago and I'm going oh fuck we've got tickets for that thing I really don't know if we can go I really don't know that was such an awful drive I don't know if we can go I think I've got sunburn yeah there's no so it's like last night there was storms so I'd, I thought surely a 10% of this audience won't, won't come in yeah. fact I was told that 10% probably wouldn't come and they were there and you think God, it's great that is the joy of touring isn't it it's going out and going Wow, thanks, guys. Thank you for coming. On the opposite side of that, I did Cardiff. Um, so it was rescheduled from before COVID. And it had been rescheduled onto both St. David's and Pancake Day, the same day. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> and I reckon there was a maximum 60% turnout having sold it out. Really? really? Yeah, it was That's extraordinary. Mental. So loads yeah. of yes, and you could, that's a lot. That's a lot of in a in a room that's always that's got a lot of people in. If sixty percent of that, that yeah. of that capacity is a lot of people, and yet a lot of empty chairs. Yes, it's very. But I can understand that. I mean, I could. Could I watch Josh Widdicombe after eating a lot of pancakes? <laughs> I in, don't know whether pancake wearing was my the traditional thing. national dress. Could I do that? 
Could I do that to myself? Could I do it to him? Three years after I booked the ticket in my traditional raptor dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm eating bang. To go and do Josh Riddickham's show about there being literally no chance of there ever being a global pandemic. I don't know if I can face this. I really don't know if I can face this. Balamori, talk to us. What was it like being in a children's TV show? Well, at the time, it was a sort of bit of a blur, I guess. Did you have kids? No, no. I had, I mean, I was 22 or something, so I just... I think I just, you was in um, Balamori. Yeah, Miles was a big deal. We, we went through a period of watching that about a year ago, so my daughter was... No, you know, I would find that strange, yeah. Has it then come up when your kids have grown up? We've got, been going through CBeebies and stuff that Is you were on Balamori. Fuck off. Is that you on the, in the pink jumper on the left? What do you mean, fuck off? <laughs> you look absolutely <laughs> mental. You look completely well, different. I, I am. I'm absolutely <laughs> um, So I would have been sort of... That's 20, amazing. Yeah, I would have been, yeah, 22 or something. Wow. 22 <laughs> or 24. So I'd only just... I mean, I was still at university. But yeah. I just... When I was doing bits of stand-up and we'd done a thing, live floor show on BBC Scotland. Yeah. And then someone said, do you want to audition for this? So I'm like, okay. But it, also, CBeebies wasn't like... I mean, is CBeebies a big... It's a big deal, deal now, I guess. Big deal. Right. Huge. Big deal. So you're in a kill as well in some of these pictures. You had to. That's yep, yep. I'm, I'm all. Uh, I'm always dressed in those pictures. I should be. <laughs> there was a bit. There'd be like, um, you know, to think what she babies then. You had to have, have like a set top box or, or something like that. Yeah, it was very, right. So it wasn't as big a deal. I remember my a- agent saying, "Look, it, think of it as your training. You know, you get to go and do 22 weeks of single camera studio filming, which is not." Yeah, you know, that's not an opportunity that's sort of given to everyone. It's on this whatever this thing is. No one will see it, yeah. and and so you you do it. And then a few years later, I guess it well, must have been on terrestrial. A few you know, a couple of years. Do you later keep in touch with PC Plum and Miss Hooley? Uh, I uh, yeah yeah. If I'm in Glasgow, I'll see I'll see them. I'm. Well, they went them. on this morning uh, last year. So talk about twenty years since Balamori, just them two. You're sort of really gend up on it all of a sudden. You've got oh, you're what? across this. Oh, this, mate, is your, a, this is your celebrity I'm like, a, topic. I'm like a hacker. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know. It's so true. Though, I mean, I'm in the grid. Um, I, I had no <laughs> idea that you. I had no idea that you were in it. And I feel like well, it's we, something that would have gone across my path before. But yeah, no, I did. But like I say, it's a great opportunity to learn on the job. Well, I've done. You know, I've I've done one or one or two other things, I suppose. But yeah, it's there. That's yeah, I would say much, it's your main thing. That, that's very much there. Balamori. <laughs> <laughs> and but so yeah, when you were yeah. when you were dropping kids at primary schools and stuff, did anyone go? Are you the bloke from Balamori, or did it not follow you around? I did not not to that extent. It depends, like on sort of I don't know hair length. Obviously, I had rather more hair in those, yeah, you know, big curly hair. And I you look um, completely different now to that. You wouldn't say you look the same. I think I'd say the words glow up. It's, my, it's, my, it's if I've moved to manage Chelsea and I've really just started making an <laughs> yeah. effort. Um, oh, I, Brendan uh, Rodgers got the uh, Liverpool job and then got absolutely ripped. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll say you've had a glow up, Miles. My Jurgen teeth. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, yeah, I, I, not really. But also, do people always say if they... Re- I don't know. I'd, I'd have thought children would be excited that one of Balamori is... But I think with children, it's less like... Because if you're used to watching someone on a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because TVs weren't... Now Now TV, people, you're, you're probably larger than life in someone's yeah. sort of big, yeah. vulgar flat screen, aren't you? But in those days, like people were like, what, you know, you're sort of six foot and they're used to seeing you on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, as well, if you were, you were wearing a pink jumper and a kilt, 
yeah. then they might you might get more of it. But in your normal yes, clothes, yes, you're right. like you, I'd I, say your outfit. I, I used to until one. then, but I've since then I've sort of been, <laughs> made a, made, a, made a particular effort not to dress not to dress like that. Yeah, because obviously it's that used to be the sort of thing I'd just throw on. <laughs> were you were you good mates with Frankie Boyle during the Balamore years? Yeah, yeah, I was already friends. Uh, we so. I mean, he's like your best pal, isn't he? I would have, yeah, I'd have met Frankie maybe like my fourth gig, my fourth right. open oh, spot, wow. something like that. He'd have been comparing. So I would. Have, well, there was a time when we were doing live floor show at the same time. It was a BBC. It was oh. this sort of gang show, and I would be doing that on a Thursday. But when you know the days either side of it, I'd be doing one of the series overlapped or whatever. So I'd be doing both at the same. You were my favourite person to sit next to on Mock the Week. Because your your disdain for the whole process was superb. <laughs> was a, that's a tough gig, that show. I used to find it hard. I find I I remember the first time I did it. I just I, and I went and I sort of thought, who's on it? And Mickey was on it, so I went and knocked on his door, and he opened the door and just saw my face and went, "Come in, and I will tell you what it's like." And, it was like, <laughs> and I, you know, I sort of and what I liked about those those programs, I liked being on with like a bunch of people you knew and sort of having yeah yeah a laugh yeah, or whatever fun. for, for the really first two that. hours. Yeah, and then. <laughs> But I can't, and also sometimes you like no matter how many times on top of everything you've done so much preparation, and then there's like then the nerves the more you do them the later the nerves kick in so you've thought you, you've forgotten that bit and then the music starts you think oh no, I remember sitting next to Ramesh once and the theme music started and I just went oh Christ really, really loudly and we were still laughing about it until five minutes in. Right? There was always loads of people on that that I sort of got on with and had a yeah, had yeah, a nice really nice fun. time, I think. But it would just be that bit, that round, that sort of half an hour before the bit when you'd run to the mics that was oh, in, almost that, entirely oh. about what's left in the news. And I just would never speak in that bit. No, because I like they're not. It seems really unlikely that they're going to have space for two minutes of jokes about the fact that it's been a bit windy this week, <laughs> or it's un, it's unseasonally hot or whatever. So I'll just concentrate on the next bit, I think. And I would just. You know, just sort of go into sort of standby mode for about yeah, half or, an hour, or try and probably. remember the scenes oh, I'd like to see, oh, Joe, because that God. was horrible. I was trying so to remember bad. that. I was so bad at scenes we'd like to see <laughs> that I was so bad at it that occasionally I'd try and you know how they talk about um, there's like myths that problem is people will just walk past you to get to the mic and you just can't get to the mic. Myths, he says carefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would try and. Um, Try and look like you were about to go. Look like I was about always, to go, yeah. and then oh god, he's gone again. Just I've, got gold here. Yeah. I've got gold here, and there's just I can't. Yeah. I, can't I just can't it. get in. My money's no good here. Yeah, I, it was just the sort of stamina aspect of it. But I liked yeah. the. I, I really liked the sort of just being with a bunch of people that, that you was the got fun on well with. Yeah. Or people that I'd not yeah. seen before or whatever. There's some people yeah. that I. I think Ed Gamble. I've only met on that. I did his um, XFM. Is it XFM? Their shows. Yeah. I yeah. did that the other day, and I thought the only time I've met him was on on that once and whatever and we'd gone there yeah. they'd just gone and those days when it was on that those studios on the South Bank and you could yeah they were fun they well, stopped you just serving booze you could go around the corner to a pub and that you know the yeah. sort of three hours afterwards was always really you know in yeah. the way that people in sports sort of miss the dressing room rather than yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah totally um, but the one <laughs> thing I remember you would do is they'd each week they'd have a Christmas story that they were then going to cut together for a Christmas special. But then we never got paid for the Christmas special, we did no, we? And Miles would refuse to speak during the Christmas story because we weren't being paid for the <laughs> Christmas special. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that, Miles? I'm a union man. Yeah. I just, <laughs> it was I cheeky, just, though, wasn't it? I, thought, I, did, I did think it was cheeky. 
And I thought, why? No, what's going on? Also, there was one where they came in and said, "Can you do this round about the Olympics?" And we went, "Oh right." Just, they think, yeah, it's the next week's show. <laughs> I was going, oh, well, I'm not on. I don't think I'm on next week's show. <laughs> <laughs> but there was also something. There was a question I remember. <laughs> it was on. It was on that Olympics thing, and there was a question about why somebody had been knocked out of an event, and I um, said something. <laughs> and uh, it turned out that was the right answer and it was something quite unlikely and you turned to me Josh and you went how the hell did you know that and I was like I didn't I was genuinely trying to be amusing <laughs> and I, was, <laughs> uh, I had completely failed in that regard but I had hit upon the correct answer in that, in that thing but I, I, what I miss about doing those, sh- those sort of shows it is and well I still do them but that like those ones when you, you know that thing where you would just see people all the time and the kind of because you know by yeah. then you'd be doing mm. solo touring probably so what you weren't doing is being in a dressing with a load of other people which was often the sort of fun yeah. bit of the circuit was like yeah going to, going with the same you know doing three shows together in leeds with a bunch of people or in cardiff or manchester or whatever it might be suddenly you're not doing that whereas that would recreate that kind of that kind of vibe again so i used to enjoy that aspect they still it. do exist but they exist in podcasts and in youtube videos they don't they just don't do them yeah. on telly they've become out of fashion on telly so the, yeah. the, so well, people well, are now going still? to this, have this is our, this is our catch-up miles this is this our catch-up me you Here we are. Well, how about yeah, yeah. unlikely things a podcaster would say <laughs> yeah. right and we, we all have to we all have to take two steps back for the mic our yeah. own mic <laughs> And then yeah. rush forward and be like, oh, <laughs> oh God, uh, don't oh. like and subscribe. Yeah, oh. yeah, think, things you'd never hear on a podcast. Oh, yeah, that oh would be, fucking that, shoot me in the head. That would be the that confession. Wasn't, that wasn't a suggestion. That was. Yeah, yeah, that is. There probably is a podcast with that very name, um, <laughs> possibly under the umbrella of your production company, <laughs> which, which we, a different a different celebrity comes on and explains why they wish to shoot themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea. <laughs> this week, Harry. Oh, I just don't feel myself. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, next week we're talking to you. <laughs> oh dear. Um, let me ask you another question about parenting. Do you? Because you moved out of London. You yeah. moved from uh, Peckham to Monmouth on the yeah. Welsh border. Do you have periods where you have to go away to work and come back and stuff? And how does that work, parenting-wise? Well, it means that that's that's one of the reasons why with the tour you're like I can't do weekends and I can't do half terms because you have to make I want to be at home as especially after like everything you want I went through you kind of kind of kind of kind of oh I mean oh, I don't I don't, don't to don't. end his internet's gone <laughs> this is beautiful this is unbelievable this is right, let's get a photo of his of his freeze frame oh my god he's completely cut out oh it couldn't be better <laughs> what a way to finish that couldn't have been a better way to end really. <laughs> Miles Jupp, everyone. Should we do Miles's outro now, Josh, while we're here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miles Jupp, what a wonderful man. Wonderful so man. funny. Shit internet. No, genuinely hilarious. Incredible story. Yeah. That, isn't it? Defo, go and see his show. And it'll be a brilliant tour. Also, it's midweek as well, which is actually pretty good oh, because it doesn't glorious. take up your... You know, it's easier to get like, a babysitter midweek and stuff like that. But yeah, Miles Jupp, one of the funniest comics on the circuit. Just hilarious. So go and see Miles Jupp in one of those places. Yeah. He's not really doing anything... Canterbury might be my nearest. I thought they'd do a little Bromley, but maybe not. We'll see. I've got up to London. Or would you have a Litchfield? Big end of, end of tour meet-up. Where is Litchfield? Fuck knows. <laughs> see you there. <laughs> see ya. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hello, I'm Giles Brandreth, and I'm excited to tell you about my brand new podcast, 
Rosebud. It's me talking to famous and fascinating guests about their first memories. There's Dame Judi Dench talking about her first love. We were about six. I came out one day and he was sitting up on the wall and he said to me, I think we should call each other darling. <laughs> Did you call each other, darling? No, no. I didn't agree. <laughs> and Alison Hammond not talking about hers. Who is your first proper boyfriend? Well, this is very in-depth, this is, isn't well, no, it? It's I'm just, not sure. It's, this it's is going to be on firsts. Daily Mail. <laughs> Come on, Alison. Spill the tea. She does eventually. That's Rosebud with me, Jazz Brandreth. Download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Can't wait to share Rosebud with you. What is Oh My Dog with Jack D and Sean Walsh? This is what happens when two thick people make a podcast. <laughs> Come together and talk about the moronic things they've done. What about dogs? What, so Jack and Sean, do they talk about dogs? No, sometimes they just talk Not about really. their illnesses. Who should listen? You don't have to be mad to listen to this. <laughs> yes, you do. When you consider how many quality podcasts there are out there. You've got to be off your nut to think, oh, I'll listen to this instead. Seriously, though, what is it? What is Oh My Dog? Well, they, you know, they get a guest on and they talk about dogs. I mean, sometimes there's not a guest. Because they don't turn up. Sometimes one of the presenters is late because he gets yeah. locked out of his house. But I don't really know what it is, actually. Yeah, it's just a shambles. Any final thoughts? They're just two gentlemen running a podcast. Maybe yeah. it's called Oh My Dog because it's what a podcast would be like if it was managed by dogs. <laughs> Oh My Dog with Jack D and Sean Walsh. New episode every Monday.